0: Cup of Cubby Blue, your home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, part of the SB Nation family of team sites. My name is Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs at BCB and about all things baseball at Fangraphs. Andy is off this week, but no worries. We are joined by not one, but two incredibly special guests who are here to give us the inside scoop on a project that you will want to know about. So first up, please help me welcome back Shakia Taylor, who is an award-winning baseball writer Her work has appeared in Baseball Prospectus and SB Nation. Shakia, welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. I always love being on with you. So fun.
0: Oh, I'm so excited that you are here. And I am also super excited to welcome Jay Westbrook to the show. Uh, Jay, how's it going?
2: It's wonderful. I appreciate you having us.
0: Awesome. And Jay, tell people where you are joining from, because I think that they will find that awesome.
2: I am sitting in the friendly confines of Nisei Lounge at 3439 North Sheffield in Chicago. Y'all should come by and visit one of these years.
0: Absolutely. If you have not been to Nisei Lounge and you live in Chicago, like what even are you doing? But also, uh, if you are visiting Chicago, put Nisei Lounge on the list. It is a great place to be. And people like Jay are always there to help you out and get you settled and just get you some Awesome, cheap drinks in a good environment with good people, gen- generally
2: good people.
1: Uh, she Chiqu- literally <laughs> always there, though. Literally always there.
2: I mean, I am on the payroll, <laughs> and I have a beer on tap here. I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> There's a fly yeah. annoying me.
0: <laughs> if you like uh craft beer on tap, you are going to love today's episode, but we'll get to that in a minute. We've got to do some Cubs recap stuff first. I'm going to keep it quick because, frankly, Cubs fans, it's been ugly, and I know nobody wants to talk about the last 14-ish days of baseball. So since we last recorded, the Cubs threw a no-hitter and somehow managed to get not get no-hit, which is impressive when you consider that they have been really awful. Um, they dropped three out of four to the Mets, then two out of three to the Marlins, one out of two to the Cleveland baseball team, three out of four to the Dodgers. It has been just bleak. Shakia, what is going
1: on with this Cubs team? Well... First of all, you know, I'm going to blame the owners because I'm always going to blame the owners because it's the owner's fault. Um, But also the Cubs are playing uninspired. You know, um, they really don't seem very motivated. And we can't call it a World Series hangover anymore. We're we're well past that. Like we're, we're past that. People are asking for more. People are asking for contract extensions. People are asking, you know, for show us we've won now. You got to keep it up. And they're just playing real uninspired ball. And whenever they are asked about it, the answer is we got to work hard. Okay. What does that mean? What, what does that mean? You know, and uh, not getting no hit is a big deal this season, apparently, because I am a Cleveland baseball fan and they got no hit twice. And, um, you know, so cheers to y'all for that <laughs> and I mean I don't know I've I've been I've been checking out the Cubs and I'm like where's the I don't know I'm like shaking my head and my hand at the same time right now but you know what I'm saying like where's the spikes maybe Wilson Contreras needs to get into a fight like <laughs> something has it worked for the White Sox Josh Donaldson popped off and they started hitting. I think that is an incredible idea.
0: Uh, I'm serious. They have no mojo. I agree. I watch them and I'm like, oh, this guy's going to get up. He's going to strike out. This guy's going to get up. He's going to strike out. Jason Hayward's going to hit a ground ball the second. Oh, look, there's Eric Sogard. He still can't hit. That's great. Like, I am just, like, it is an exhausting thing to watch the Cubs these days. And I think you're absolutely right that the Josh Donaldson thing fired up the White Sox. The Cubs need something to fire them up. and apparently. Nothing is doing it right now. Jay, I imagine you watch a lot of Cubs baseball over there at Nisei. What are you, what are your thoughts on this team? How do they get back on track?
2: Uh, I mean, we knew going into the season that this team really couldn't hit all that well. So that that offensive explosion that they had during June, I mean, sorry, that candle was going to eventually burn out. But what I'm noticing is that Jake Arrieta, not the thing. It, it's just not working. And it's just not a good look, you know. Like like Shakia said, they're playing uninspired baseball right now. They're literally just going through the motions. Yeah,
0: I'm so glad you brought up Jake Arietta, who I the Cubs put up a seven spot for Jake Arietta in the first inning against the Brewers the other day, and he he gave up five of those runs back in an inning and two thirds, and then came out of the game. I Jake Arietta, look. I will be forever grateful to Jake Arrieta for what he has done for this franchise. I think that he honestly saved the Cubs during the World Series. I thought that he was the stopper who just kept the Cleveland baseball team from figuring it out during that series. Sorry, Shaki, I know you don't want to talk about this. Uh, so I'll, I'll be quick. We'll move to current Jake, who, frankly, you know, they talk about third time through the order all the time. Jake Arietta is getting lit up second time through the order. He is getting lit up first time through the order. He is not a very good pitcher at this moment in time. And it pains me to say it, but I think they'd be better off with him in the bullpen, maybe where he could unleash a little bit more, like just max out for an inning and get three guys out when they really need to get three guys out and just stop pretending he can start. Cause
1: I don't think he can anymore. Well, so I, I have a couple comments here first. I like Jake Arietta a lot for a while there. Then I didn't. We all know why I don't. It's, it has nothing to do with the World Series. But, um, I mean, I used to actually go by Shake Arietta on Twitter. Like, I loved him. So to see Jake kind of, you know, regress um, is, it sucks. Um, but then I got to ask, if you put Jake in the bullpen who are you replacing him with? What, what does your rotation become? Um, the Cubs are a little, they're a little weak in that position and you're running out of position players already. Like, it, I, I don't know what the answer to that is. And I don't know what Jake's problem is. I don't know if it's like, if he just doesn't have it anymore, if maybe there's a mechanics issue that, you know, someone is not catching um, his command was really bad, um, and I also wonder, and <laughs> did you all see uh, the guy, oh, plays for the Dodgers, but they told him to open his eyes? He was closing his eyes when he was making contact <laughs> with the ball. Exactly maybe it's, history. maybe it's something as simple as that. Maybe someone needs to say, hey, Jake, open, open, your, open eyes. your eyes. <laughs> yeah, like...
0: Yeah, Zach McKinstry hit a grand slam off the Cubs after he started opening his eyes when he was making contact. I was like, what do you mean you're literally keep your eye on the ball is the first thing you learn in baseball? And this dude made it to the major leagues and
1: was closing his eyes. Right. It's kind of funny because it's like, you know, were you wishing for a hit? Like, you know, it's like, are you blowing out candles? Um, I don't, but yeah, I don't know what's up with Jake. I hope he shakes it because I would hate to see him go out like that, you know? Um, but if he needs more conditioning and he needs, you know, his number of pitches reduced, then you gotta do what you gotta do to win. Mm -hmm. And, but to be honest, the Cubs aren't out of it. Like if you hadn't run up against the Brewers, maybe it would, it would look a little different, you know, like. But you ran up against a team that you're literally competing for first with, and they had a hot streak for a week at the same time the Cubs were on a low streak for a week. But all-star break is coming. So hopefully Jake's arm (laughs) gets some rest and, you know, the bullpen gets some rest. Yeah,
0: Shaquille, you brought up something there that I want to go back to a little bit, like who takes this spot? And it's almost like the Cubs should not have traded runner-up in Cy Young voting and my always 2020 Cy Young, you Darvish and Victor Caratini to the Padres in exchange for one year of Zach Davies and some teenagers who have not had at-bats above instructional ball. But I've, I've ranted about that on this podcast a few times now. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners are sick of me bringing it up every time. It's like, hey, maybe the Cubs need some pitching. You, you don't say. Uh, you don't say, um, given that you Darvish is is not coming back to the Cubs. I think that their best options is stretch out Keegan Thompson, use the all-star break to get him up to 70 or 80 pitches. He looked pretty good in three plus innings against the Dodgers when he made his debut. If you can get him to give you like four ish innings, and then you maybe bring Jake in to get a bridge through the mm-hmm. fifth and sixth, I think that might be a nice little one-two combo. Maybe do the same thing with a Corey Abbott if you don't want to make Keegan Thompson that guy, but they have to do something different because any of those players would be better than sending Jake Arietta out to, I, it was heartbreaking to watch this man who has done so much for the Chicago Cubs give up a seven run spot.
1: It was, I mean, not fun. We all have to let go of 2015. Like we, we, we all have to let go of 2015, Arietta. It's he's he's not going to be that anymore. It sucks no. though because I really liked him, and I mean, and he taught us all to free the nipple like that. <laughs> in and of itself, is something that will stay forever. <laughs> That's the greatest thing. I
0: I almost don't want to come back to the Cubs hitting, but I'm going to. Uh, <laughs> Jay, this team had the worst 28 game stretch batting average in the history of the franchise in June. I The franchise has been around since 1876. So anytime you get into like history of the franchise marks, I I am intrigued. And this was the single worst Cubs hitting team, at least as far as making contact, right? Like they still hit way more home runs out of the proportion of their offense. So if you look at their OPS or something, if you get a little fancy and look at WRC plus, they actually don't look historically bad, but This team needs to get hits, like just hit ball, put in play. What can they do to try to make some more contact so that they can hopefully come out of this funk they're in?
2: Well, I mean, what I, what you notice around the game, not just with the Cubs is that when, uh, I mean, conversely on the South side, let's talk about your mean Mercedes. You're in a funk and you start to press a little bit more. You start to get a little bit down on yourself. You start to try to do too much. And, As a team, the Cubs are trying to do too much right now, and it didn't help that they ran into a buzzsaw in Milwaukee, but the main thing is, you you know, you relax when you're in that box, you know, take a deep breath, stop trying to do too much and just, you know, put back to ball, simple mathematics.
0: Yeah. And have some fun. Like every time they bring up one of these new guys, you know, I felt like Sergio Alcantara had a nice little run Mm -hmm. when he first came up. Patrick Wisdom. I feel like they're just having fun. They're just playing the game the way you're supposed to do it. And Patrick Wisdom is still hitting bombs. I hope he's okay. An absolute revelation.
2: So yeah, I hope he's well as well. So
0: well, in any time you can pick up somebody who's hitting bombs from the Cardinals for nothing, that's just extra sweet, right? Like the Cardinals let this guy go for nothing, and now he's a Cub hitting home runs to the upper, upper, upper deck in Milwaukee. Uh, there are some guys who are going to be back hopefully soon. Nico Horner is on a rehab assignment in Iowa. He actually could rejoin the Cubs in Cincinnati, where they will be playing today. It's Friday, the 2nd of July, so keep an eye on your Twitter notifications to see if maybe Nico Horner is back in that lineup. Matt Duffy, unfortunately, uh, got moved to the 60-day IL to make room for some roster moves so the Cubs didn't have to DFA anybody. He's not eligible to return until July 22nd, but um, he will be back at some point, and his contact back could make a huge difference in the second half if he can get healthy. We're going to talk about some MLB news now, and I want to give our listeners a warning to log off if you need to. I will mark on a timestamp where this section ends, so that if you want to come back and hear everything about the All Star break after this, you can. But there is news this week involving Cy Young award winning pitcher and Dodger starter Trevor Bauer. It is shocking. We are not going to go through the allegations of exactly what Mr. Bauer did here, because frankly, it's sickening. I don't think I could get through saying the words on the air. There are places who have done excellent reporting on this. If you have an athletic subscription, I suggest you go there where I thought Britt DiRolli and Katie Strang did an excellent job laying this out. If you don't have an athletic subscription, the Washington Post and ESPN both publish pieces admittedly later than the Athletic. Um, that also laid out what happened in this situation. But I think what I want to start with is we have talked on the show before about who Trevor Bauer is and that he has always shown us who he is. He harasses women on Twitter. He's, Says terrible things that are transphobic. He says awful things that are science denying. He supports bad people and he takes his supporters and six them on other people when they disagree with them. You know, friend of the show and previous guest of the show, Allison McCaw from uh, A Pot of Their Own and Amazing Avenue, was temporarily suspended from Twitter because she had the audacity to call Trevor Bauer out on the things that he has said. That were wrong. And he's his followers flagged her account and got her basically kicked off the app for a day and a half for nothing. She she all she did was retweet the things that he has said on that app and said she didn't want him to be a New York nut. Like that was that was her crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the type of thing he does regularly. And I'm not saying that exactly the accusations which he is under criminal investigation in Pasadena for which MLB finally, after 48 hours, put him on administrative leave so he will not be making his start on Sunday for the Dodgers like Dave Roberts indicated he might late on Thursday. I'm not saying those were all foreseeable, but like they were all enough that we shouldn't have lionized this man uh, as an industry. And so, J.M., I'm, I'm going to start with you. And I, I just, what is your reaction to... Trevor Bauer here and to the way it's impacting baseball specifically?
2: Well, I mean, his persona, his Steve's has always been that of kind of an ass. So, you know, with, you know, this news coming out, while it was shocking, it was absolutely not surprising. Always kind of came off as that kind of guy without actively commenting on this specific case, but he's kind of a jerk. His persona's always been that. So again, this is shocking, but not surprising at all. And I really want to take the Dodgers to task for being cowards and saying that, you know, we're going to let baseball handle it until the outrage got so loud that they could no longer annoy it. They were going to let that dude pitch Sunday amidst protests. I mean, Lord knows the game, would the the announcers would have been able to talk about nothing but Trevor Bauer, and that's a damn shame. So, I'm like going to say dude's kind of a jerk, always has been, always will be. You know, this is unfortunate as hell. God bless that woman. So, that's all I have on that cuz nope.
0: Nope is a pretty pretty good reaction. Um, you know, the Dodgers have had Trevor Bauer in the dugout. For at least the last game, he was out on the field with his GoPro camera, according to Chelsea James from the Washington Post, which I just like seeing this man like run out there to like vlog for his followers when he's under investigation for a really serious sexual assault was just, that's just horrifying and terrible to me. Um, Shakia, I know that you have spent a lot of time covering issues on equity, looking at the problems MLB has, looking at their processes and how they are always too late and they never do enough. And they always seem to be cowards about all of this. I would love to hear your thoughts on the Bauer situation, MLB's actions and the Dodgers.
1: Well, I have been referring to Trevor Bauer as the alt-right hander for a couple of years now. And it's funny, but it's accurate like everything Trevor Bauer has displayed because I had to watch him in Cleveland and he's the kind of player and person where you're like how can I have him lose every time but my team still win. Um, He's not someone any decent person roots for and I know no one wants to hear that he's not a good person. He has never shown himself to be a good person. He's not being a good person currently. In the face of something extremely serious, he's still acting like a frat boy. He's still acting exactly the way he's always been. And I find it really disheartening that women have been saying for years, this guy is a problem. This guy is doing damage. And once again, Major League Baseball has shown that it does not care about women in any capacity, not as fans, not as employees, not as people who even tangentially engage with the sport. And when you let things like this happen and you don't act quickly, you I mean, they're even violating their own policies right now. Trevor Bauer should have been suspended. It shouldn't have been a question. We shouldn't have had to wait two days. As soon as this story broke, it should have been with the extra sentence that Trevor Bauer has been put on administrative leave. And it also should not be seven days. Put him on suspension indefinitely. What is seven days gonna do? What's gonna happen in a week? Because what we have seen in the details that we've been, you know, shown about this case is he's still bullying his victim. He's still bullying and his agent is still bullying his victim, his lawyer still bullying his victim. And it's just a bad situation for everyone, you know, who has to watch it. And I really feel for survivors because it's been a bad week. It's been a bad year. It's been a bad lifetime of dealing with situations like this. And it doesn't, it doesn't endear women or victims, survivors, to any of this stuff. Like who wants to spend their money on a sport that just acts like they don't care about you? Why would you continue to engage in a sport that lets you know day in and day out, Mm -hmm. we're not going to do much. We really don't care about morals. We really don't care about values. It's really about the dollar. And I know it's such a I hate feeling like the bearer of bad news all the time when it comes to this stuff. But I also want to say that those of us who are affected, we cannot let this kind of thing steal our joy. We have to continue to call the league to task. We have to continue to say things. And if it's too much for you to say something, please log off. Don't subject yourself to harassment. But those of us who can stand it, we have to continue to fight, we have to continue to speak up on behalf of, you know, those who who need it, those who can't. But this environment, it's deep. It's not going to go away after just one case. Trevor Bauer is not the only one.
0: Yeah, he's not even close to the only one. In fact, I was going through the list of previous domestic violence instances. I mean, this is coming just a few weeks after the arrest of Marcelo Zuna. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the there's so many. <laughs> That it's almost, it's almost just too much to like look at the list as I was listing instances last night. I had to log off. I couldn't write anymore. I was like, I can't go investigate each of these right now. Like I'm physically shaking and I can't read anymore about this today. Uh, Which brings me to the media part of this. And I... You know, Shakia, I know you spend a bunch of time in baseball Twitter and baseball media, and you hold people to task. It's one of my favorite things (laughs) about you. There is no getting around it. Like, if you have messed up, Shakia will let you know, and she will let you know in no uncertain terms. I... Saw Ken Rosenthal and some other sports writers, Jeff Passon, who are you know Bob, uh, what's his name? The the guy who's always wrong, Bob. Bob Nightingale. Nightingale.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm like the, the guy, guy who's
1: always wrong. <laughs> always wrong.
0: Just call him that. <laughs> He's like the anti-Oracle. Um, anyway, the they're all out there now. Oh, he can't play. He must be placed on administrative leave. Trying to get on the right side of history, and there is a. You know, Ruth Capellas, who is a great baseball Twitter follow, if you don't follow Mm -hmm. her, has been saying for days now, if you were on the wrong side of this and you helped create Trevor Bauer as a member of the media who talked about how quirky he is and how he's so good for the game because he engages fans and look at his weird scientific research and, oh, he can appeal to so many different quirky people. Quirky is about my least favorite word this Mm -hmm. week. There's a real big difference. I am quirky. Trevor Bauer is not quirky. Trevor Bauer is dangerous. Yes. Right, but Shakia, let me turn turn you loose on the media here for a second. What do these <laughs> men, and it's almost all men, who have created Trevor Bauer, owe oh, fans now that they are trying to backpedal on that?
1: Well, I think it's important that uh, we also acknowledge that it's not it's, it's it's white men like applauding another white man for I don't know being weird. Like, Trevor Bauer's not quirky. He's weird. And he's the kind of weird that if we were in high school, we'd be like, stay away from that kid over there. You know what I'm saying? Like, he'd be that kid where everyone's like... "Mm -hmm." And instead, they gave him a voice. They gave him a platform. They empowered him. You know, um, they highlighted his worst qualities and just elevated him to a point where he really believes he's invincible. And so do the people who follow him pretty much without thinking. Um, I actually <clears throat> received an email from a Trevor Bauer fan once. Um, yeah, a very, very lengthy email. Uh, and when I don't talk about Trevor Bauer on Twitter, I won't even type his name. I try not to even retweet anything with him in it to avoid harassment. And I don't remember what I said, but it was extremely innocuous. Oh, I know what it was. When the Dodgers um, signed him, I said, I wanted to know what David Price thought. And um, everyone knows why I said, I wanted to know what David Price thought. Trevor Bauer has said some racist things. He's said some misogynistic things. And sometimes I want to hear what these fathers of daughters and, you know, other people have to say, and, The media just takes Trevor Bauer and he's just their little special darling. And he's been for so long. And I think it's time for some admission. Hey, I was wrong here. This is a person I promoted that I should not have. Maybe I shouldn't have ignored the thousands of women online who have said this guy is dangerous. Because violence isn't just physical words. Language can be violent. And so people who had to be subjected to these members of the media's, you know, cute little articles and profiles and, you know, Trevor's videos and whatever, like people had to see that. And I don't think we give that enough. We don't talk about it enough. Survivors have to read this stuff. People who are affected have to read this stuff. And Baseball media culture is just as complicit as the league itself. I don't know if it's because people don't want to lose credentials or they don't want to lose someone's trust or, you know, they have someone at the team who they really like and they really like getting that information. But ultimately, ethics in journalism must apply somewhere. It must apply somewhere. Not every writer went to J school, obviously. But I do feel like deep down, you know, what's right and wrong in this situation is black and white. If you wouldn't prop up someone who was doing this, who was not a California bred white man, don't do it for this guy. Trevor Bauer does not deserve empathy. Nobody wants me to say that, but I'm going to. He does not deserve empathy. He is a bad person. If you are listening to this and you like Trevor Bauer, you are also a bad person. And you should consider why you are a bad person and maybe change. And if you are fans of any of the members of media, call them out, say something. If you learn nothing from the last year and some change is that you need to speak up when it matters. And right now, women matter. They, they need it. We need it. And I mean, I can't even express how disappointed I am in the media right now, but it's hurtful to have friends who are affected. Friends, people I don't even know are online, like, okay, I gotta log off. I can't see this anymore. That shit sucks, excuse my language. It's terrible. It's it's so awful. I don't wanna keep going, but you know where I'm saying.
0: We're not going to worry about language on this particular episode. I'm happy to put up an explicit content warning on this. I think that this whole segment deserves a warning for that matter. Um, You know, you mentioned that people need to speak up. And one person who definitively did not speak up yesterday was Dodgers manager Dave Roberts, who basically said his hands were tied and he was going to wait to hear from MLB as to whether or not Bauer would start. Whether he would put him in in the lineup and and I want to clarify something here because as one of the people who wrote tens of thousands of words about the Addison Russell situation, Dave Roberts and the Dodgers want you to believe something there that is not true. Addison Russell was not in the dugout after the in the immediate aftermath of either accusation the one that happened in 2017 that was a friend of his ex-wife's or the one that went up happened after his ex-wife posted her blog post. In fact, Theo explicitly told him do not show up today in uniform, take a few days off to clear your head was the language, if I remember correctly, before MLB stepped in with administrative leave. So the Dodgers absolutely could make a decision there if they chose to. Andrew Friedman and Dave Roberts and the Dodgers organization have chosen to not make a decision there. And Dave Roberts can bench a player for anything that he wants to bench them for. He can bench Cody Bellinger for not hustling on a double. He can Mm -hmm. absolutely bench Trevor Bauer for being under investigation for sexual assault. So Jay, uh, I'm going to have you close us out here. We're a little long on this segment, but that's okay. I think we deserve it today. Um, What what do the Dodgers need to do here to get this right? Or is it even possible? Have they just messed up so much that there's nothing they can do?
2: I mean, there's nothing that the Dodgers can do to walk this back, but I will sit here and use this opportunity to take to task. All men, be better and hold your fellow males accountable for the BS- that they put these women through, that they put these minorities through. Men, step up, be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. If you, again, to to verbally retweet Shakia, if you're a fan of Trevor Bauer or any domestic abuser or any piece of crap, you are also that person. And again, you're part of the problem, not part of the solution. Step up, have a backbone and be able to hold your people accountable. Be better tomorrow.
0: Thank you both so much for all of that. I think Be Better Tomorrow is probably the best way to close out that segment possible. We are going to take a quick break for our sponsors. But on the flip side, we have a lot of news about the All-Star Game and the special project that is the reason I was so glad Shakia and Jay were both able to join me here today. It is going to be good news. You will be happy that you tune in after the break. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. And war back. Uh, the All-Star Game got moved to Colorado because Georgia did terrible things with their voting laws and forced MLB, MLB, an organization that is not particularly progressive or even good on any of these issues, to move the baseball game out of the state. So con- congratulations for that one, Georgia. Um, so the All-Star Game will be in Colorado. That should be interesting for the Home Run Derby, if nothing else. But before we talk about the Home Run Derby, which I am interested in, these uniforms are bad, right? Like, they, they look like oh, a man. soccer uniform to me. And I... Like, why? Why? Why?
2: I feel so
1: bad.
0: JY. I, so I, bad. I got nothing.
2: I got nothing. They literally did not I, consult their advisors on this. They just put some BS together. And, I, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I am... MLB how how they are.
1: on fashion regularly. Like, it, I mean... Gosh, these jerseys are so bad. And when I first saw them, I was like, are they trying to have an Olympic steal? Is that why we're going with this? Like, are we, it's so bad. It's like, salute the troops, but maybe not. It's, they added these stars to the back that show how many all-star games the players have been in. Are we the military now? And So, some guys have one star, some guys like Mike Trout have a ton of them. It just, it's awful. Go back to, if you're not going to do some extremely sick design, like you're in Colorado, right? They could have done something with the purple. They could have brought back some retro Rockies uniform and like jazzed it up, or just let the players wear their jerseys. Just let them wear their jerseys. It looks looks better
0: visual like the players are all in their different jerseys and then they have the same hat and you know they know who they're it's not like they're confusing each other it's not like they're accidentally throwing at the runner instead of throwing the ball to second or something right like they can figure it out just fine I don't know why they felt like they had to do this but it just the aesthetic of these uniforms I can see Jay shaking his
1: head I hate them (laughs) it's so bad it's so bad. No one likes them. I don't even think the worst dressed person I know would wear that jersey. They look like straight to Marshalls <laughs> type jerseys. Like they, I will go to Marshalls over on Clark and see if they're there because, and I saw that they're really expensive. And so that takes some real audacity to try to sell me something ugly for a couple of hundred bucks. Like no, if I have a couple hundred bucks to sit to spend on something ugly just go to a game
2: <laughs> like, or buy a city connect jersey
0: yeah well the city connect jerseys also
1: have some issues. i know shakia hates the count city connectors wrigleyville is not a neighborhood it's, it's never not been a won. neighborhood it's, it's not a place <laughs> it doesn't exist you may as well have a jersey that says narnia like <laughs> <laughs> it's not real and Southside is two words, not one. Also Hello. facts.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I mean, I was kind of hoping that the reaction to these uniforms would be so intense that they would pull them like they did the hats that had the weird clip art on them, which oh. to this day, baseball Twitter, best moment, getting New Era to pull those caps within like three hours of them releasing them.
2: We bullied they the were hell awful. out of New Era. We bullied the hell out of those <laughs> guys. And works. I'm not going to apologize.
1: <laughs> but. I want bullying corporations works. Let me amend that. So no one thinks that I'm encouraging bully, bully corporations, bully them, ugly hats, bad values, bully them. Oh, those jerseys are bad. Sorry.
0: Yeah. So uh, we're going to move on from the jerseys for one second. There were five Cubs on the final ballot. None of them are going to be starting All-Stars. Frankly, I don't think any of them deserved to be starting All-Stars after the numbers they put up in June. I thought Chris Bryant had a pretty solid case going into June. He didn't have a great case after June, I want Wilson Contreras to start every All-Star game ever, but Buster Posey is having just a career year, and so the fans definitely got that one right. I did think it was kind of weird that if you voted – On the final ballot, MLB flagged for you who was in first place already. I thought that that probably tilted the scales Mm -hmm. uh, in favor of the people who were already in first place, and I wish they hadn't done that because I hate things like that. Um, But, you know, I have have no complaints about the Cubs not getting starters here. They have not been very good. We just talked about how they're like the worst-hitting Cubs team of all time right now, so they should probably get some rest instead.
1: But it has to be. It's a popularity contest.
2: That's exactly what it is. The
1: Cubs – not winning a popularity contest is saying a lot. Like, it's saying a lot the fans are not happy. You know what I'm saying? Because it was fan vote. It's popularity contest. It wasn't based on how good you are in any way. Like, so, something to think about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, totally. I mean, the, the Cubs fans usually show up to vote in mass, and they mm-hmm. always get a couple of all-stars out of that just because Cubs fans go and vote and vote often. And there are tons of Cubs fans. And that didn't happen this year. Cubs nation must be tired or something. I don't know. Tired, exhausted, frustrated, ready to burn down Rickettsville. I
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there was a space in time where Nico Horner was top five at second base. And I was just like, wait, what? And that's always been my issue with fan voting when it comes to all star games and sports. And I mean, voting in general, you know, it's like usually the general public gets it wrong always wrong because it's a popularity contest it's not a who's who deserves it who has the merit to be here it's always been who do I like who plays for my team
0: you're totally right about that and in terms of the fan voting getting it wrong I am New York what are you doing Aaron Judge is a starting all-star and (laughs) I look Adolis Garcia and Cedric Mullins are both having absolutely ridiculous years If you do not watch the Texas Rangers, and I understand why you might not. They're another team that's been no hit twice this season. Garcia is amazing. He's an outstanding defender. He's like at the top of the rookie leaderboard for home runs. He's another guy that the Cardinals let go for nothing. And he should be starting in the all-star game ahead of Aaron Judge. Cedric Mullins is having an absolute breakout year for the Baltimore Orioles, and I get it. Not a lot of Baltimore Orioles games on unless you're living in Baltimore because they are not very good and they haven't been good for a few years. But the idea that Aaron Judge gets to be a starting all-star just because Yankees fans are numerous and vote a lot and neither of those dudes who absolutely should be starting ahead of him get to be starting all-stars just bugs
1: me. You know, the Empire, they're really obnoxious. Um, Shout out to Courtney first before I talk about the Rangers because – Courtney, uh, one 800 calibro has been like talking about Garcia for a little while now, Uh, she's great. And so that is what made me tune in. And yeah, fan voting, not right. Aaron Judge, the Yankees. I'm actually kind of enjoying the Yankees skid into terribleness this season. Just going to put that out there. <laughs> uh, I
0: totally am as well. And it's funny because I could not bring myself. So like Fangrass does this thing where the staff does their predictions at the start of the season. And I just could not bring myself to predict the Yankees winning the AL East, like everybody else did and does every single year. But I also couldn't bring myself to predict the Red Sox because frankly, nobody saw this Red Sox team coming. I didn't think they'd be very good. I think I put Toronto in there just because I was like, they've got some young players. They're kind of exciting. They're going to hit like, and I was just could not bring myself to vote for the
1: New York Yankees. So
0: happy to see the Yankees struggle a little bit.
1: I think I, I don't remember my, my vote at a baseball perspectives, but I probably have the Yankees in at least second place. I mean, they're that's still
0: <laughs> totally reasonable. I was watching a show on MLB Network today where they were talking about they hit the ball really hard and they're like, defense is okay and their starting pitching is good and their bullpen
1: is good and yet <laughs> they're not a good okay. baseball team. I'm wrong. I did have the Yankees in first place. I, I went Yankees, Rays, Jays. Yankees still could still could go that way. It could go that way, for sure.
0: The, this Yankees team is probably like the Cardinals. They're never really out of it. Cardinals Uh, are never really out of it. Um, Always, always fear the Cardinals a little bit. Let's talk about the Home Run Derby because one, the Home Run Derby is happening in Colorado, which should be outstanding for the Home Run Derby. Like get rid of the humidor for this. Like just, just throw the baseballs (laughs) and let them land somewhere in the Rocky Mountains. It's going to be so fun. Two, Shohei Otani, who might be the most fun baseball player that I have seen. And just like, he's just having a blast they check him for sticky stuff and all the other pitchers are like grimacing and like stubborn and pouting about it. And Shohei Otani's like smiling, walking up to the umpire, like handing him his hat, just like he's happy to hand him his hat. Cause that's what we do now. I, I love Shohei Otani so much and he hits massive bombs. He throws a hundred miles per hour. Jay, what's your favorite part of this home run derby? And is it Shohei Otani or something else?
2: Um, I love Shohei Ohtani, and I love what he's doing because he is absolutely something special to witness in real time. I'm super stoked personally to see Trey Mancini get busy. Uh, My mom recently defeated cancer. And, you know, just being, you know, adjacent to that, I would love to see him prosper in the Rockies. But, I mean, truth be told, Shohei's probably going to crush it, and it's not going to be close
0: uh Shakia you were talking about some of the players who opted out of the home run derby this year Kyle Schwarber d- it declined an invitation to participate in the home run derby which given his current pace I, I sort of kind I, I want to see him back in the derby but frankly like he's just killing it with the nationals right now so I don't want him to mess that up either Shakia who, who are you going to miss in the derby this year
1: well I wouldn't say if I were Schwarber I wouldn't participate either because he got robbed he got robbed by Bryce Harper people Kyle Schwarber should have won. Okay, I'm off that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would have loved to see um, Vladito in the Home Run Derby and, of course, Tatis Jr. Because you want to see the the hot boys. You want to see, you know, you want to see those guys. You want to see the, the stars. You want to see the big names. Not to say the... People who are participating are not worth watching but I also saw people being like upset that these guys aren't participating but I understand it when your team could do something and you're a part of that you don't want to risk injury in a home run derby that doesn't count it doesn't count for anything other than bragging rights you know and Shohei no disrespect the angels ain't going nowhere so he may as well get out there and put on a show. He's making history every single night. Like, they don't just say like Shohei Otani did something. They say Shohei Otani did something for the first time since 1901. Shohei Otani did something for the first time in the history of the game. Like, so this is some, he's he's a, a history maker, you know? So I'm happy he's in it, but I'm sad that, you know those two guys in particular or not just because I think they would put on a hell of a show.
0: Yeah. Vladito also got robbed by the home run derby, uh, but that was more the process than the actual, like letting Bryce Harper hit home runs after the buzzer uh, or no, it was his, his dad was pitching too fast. Like that he was throwing the ball again before it had landed or whatever. Um, but yeah, Vladito absolutely just destroyed one round of the home run derby. And it was a round too early for him to win the whole thing, which I, I'm still a little bit salty about that. But the All-Star Game brings with it something even cooler than the Home Run Derby and Shohei Otani, and that is the collaboration that Shakia and Jay are working on, uh, along with Haymarket Brewing, to commemorate the Summer of 54 and help raise some money for an incredible organization our friend Levante works on called The Lost Boys, Inc. I am so excited about this. Tell me how this project came up.
2: It all stemmed from a, a random phone call one evening from uh, Shakia. She called me one day, I was sitting at home, I was just watching TV, sipping some whiskey and she called me and she said, hey, I wanna do something for Ernie Banks and Minnie Minoso and you should make a beer about it. Now, I get pitched beer ideas all day, every day. And I, you know, I listened to Shakia and I was like, okay, I'll let you know if I come up with something. I kid you not, Sarah. Twenty minutes later, I had texted her back. I had bullet points, talking yes. points, the reason why we were doing <laughs> this, and had come up with the pretty much essentially the recipe in 20 minutes. So it just felt mm-hmm. like absolute kismet for you know her to step to me with that. And I mean, with lost boys being involved, with me being a South Shore native and they being in South Shore as well, it just every piece fit. And it was just the perfect mm-hmm perfect amount of synergy. So
1: I think for me, it's uh the community friendship thing is is at the heart of the creation of it, you know. Um Jay and I being friends and going I've posted p- lots of pictures of us at games recently and you know um I am not a Sox fan because they're division rival. Uh, but I, I did pick up the Cubs for a while. So it's nice. It's something that we can kind of all all enjoy together. That's awesome. Um, you know, Jay, you, you referenced
0: the summer of 54, Ernie Banks, Minnie Minoso, who are so important to this city. Uh, either Shakia or Jay, can you give us a little bit of background for why people should know more? About the summer of '54, and if you do not follow either of these folks on Twitter yet, you should. I, I learn more from Shakia's Twitter feed than I learned from most news programs.
2: Same. Um,
1: I'll, I'll 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 jump in here. So, um, Minnie Minoso was the first black player on the White Sox. He came over from Cleveland. Uh, we don't want to say that he is African American because he's from Cuba um, and. He was a star for the White Sox. He was a spark for the White Sox. And then Ernie Banks, um, he came to the Cubs um, from the Negro Leagues. And um, he started with the Cubs in the fall of 53. So 1954 was the first summer that he played in Chicago. So that summer, 1954, historic, it was the... First summer, both Chicago teams had a black player. It was also the summer where there were only four teams left without a black player. So it was a huge, huge deal. Lots was happening in the country at that time. You know, you're less than 10 years from Jackie Robinson's debut. And it's an important moment in Chicago history. It's a historically segregated city you know we all live here so we know how things go here so we wanted to take something historic and make it make it memorable make it a connecting point for people on both sides of town people whether you like baseball or not this is something huge that we can all be proud of
0: yeah and what better to come together with than beer so jay i know you cannot tell us your entire recipe or process here. But tell us a little bit about the brew that you've got going for this tapping.
2: Well, it's going to be a mango and ruby red grapefruit IPA, uh, mango for the Cuban experience. And ruby red grapefruit is the state fruit of Texas. So we're celebrating both players and where they're from, because as a brewer, I'm very passionate about repping Chicago and everything I do, no matter where I do it. And so I also wanted to bring that aspect to the beer and where Ernie and Minnie were from. Uh, It's gonna be an amazing beer. We're looking at probably between seven and 8% ABV. So it's borderline unsessionable, but you can have two and still be fine. It's like I said, it's looking and tasting amazing. The mango on the nose is amazing. And then the ruby red grapefruit is rounded out by the mango and also the chinook hops. I could sit here and talk beer all day long, but this is a baseball podcast.
0: No, I mean, the beer is part of this, though. I mean, you're wearing um, one of the Summer of 54 shirts. Our our listeners can't see that because we don't record the video for this. But I want people to know about that. Um, I know that there was just recently – that was a shirt until just recently. You could order to support this project. Shakia, you were pushing these hard on Twitter. How did the shirts do – I love – every time I see somebody that I didn't know was following you and didn't know bought that shirt and that pops up, I'm like, oh, it's great, another shirt.
1: (laughs) Um. So that we, we sold about a hundred shirts in a month. Um, it, it was about even numbers of actually North side and South side. Um, so it did really well. It, that shirt is limited. So if you have it, you don't have to worry about anybody else getting it cause we're never going to make it again. Uh, we will come out with other merch, but it won't be that shirt. Um, my favorite thing about the shirt is I complain. Yes, surprise about graphic tees all the time. Like I'm always like, no more t-shirts. And so I got an opportunity with this to design something that I felt people would wear and something that would look good and promote something positive at the same time. And so my friend, um, author Nicole Falls and I, she does some t-shirt designing and we just sat down on Zoom one day and that's and that that shirt is what happened the people are loving it every single person looks good in it i'm dying to see more ladies in the shirt ladies post pictures send them to us if you're coming to the party wear the shirt i like i'm trying to see some looks like let's let's see some red lips and some high buns and some hoop earrings and give it give it give it all to me okay show up to this party looking fresh tag us on instagram we want to see it like I want some good looks fellas do it do it too you you can throw on your red lip and your hoops too like get it <laughs> i don't care <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I love this. You just gave me permission to bust out my red lipstick, which has been, I cannot wait. wait. It's going to be outstanding. <laughs> so the the proceeds from the shirt and the proceeds from the tickets to the tapping party go to help Lost Boys Inc., which is an incredible organization. Levante runs down in the South Side to make sure that baseball and softball opportunities uh, exist for kiddos who wouldn't necessarily have a uh, little league in their neighborhood that they could just go play. And, you know, we've talked on this podcast before, I think we might've even talked about it the last time Shakia was here about how travel, how expensive travel ball is, how expensive the resources are that you need to play this game that a lot of us think, Oh, that's just a game you play when you're growing up. It, it is not anymore. It's not a game that is particularly accessible to all, all children. And frankly, Levante is doing God's work, making sure that that happens, giving Introducing kids to a game, introducing them to what it means to be on a team, what it means to win, what it means to lose. He has done some really awesome work bringing um, in some White Sox players. Like I saw, I saw a Zoom between Lucas Giolito and the Lost Boys kids. That like mm-hmm. it melted my heart. I
2: am a Cubs <laughs> fan, like and donuts? Lucas Giolito
0: is my favorite pitcher. <laughs> what?
2: Uh, I saw that earlier. Pitching Ninja uh, tweeted it. And the kid asked Lucas Giolito, do you like donuts? And Lucas is just like, Of course, I love donuts. It was just well, really amazing feel, to see.
1: I felt ways about it because I was actually the speaker that night. And my <laughs> uh like I was I was like chatting with the kids and they like messaged me, like, Okay, so Lucas Giolito is available and can do it at this time. So we're gonna let you go early. I'm like, What? <laughs> like,
0: I mean, <laughs> You got bumped for Lucas Giolito?
1: I I mean, I can't even be mad about it. But, you know, because I would have bumped myself for a picture showing me his grips. But, you know, I'm still going to let everyone know Lucas Giolito completely stole my spot. Okay? Stole my spot.
2: Is is that where (laughs) that beef comes from? You didn't know
1: that, did you? You (laughs) Is that where that static comes from? (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. I have no Lucas Giolito beef. I don't dislike them. I just, you know, division rival. Love those L's, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I want to ask both of you, and uh, to before we close out, what are ways some people can support this project, the work that the Lost Boys are doing so that, you know, a lot of our listeners are in Chicago. A handful of them are not. Some of them are Cubs fans from afar that may not be able to, like, get a ticket to the tapping party. So what are some ways that people can support this project, support the spirit of the Summer of 54, and support Lost Boys?
1: Um, well, first and foremost, donate to Lost Boys directly. They have um, links all over their website. I believe it's org check them out, you can donate to specific programs. Um, The kids are also getting ready to go to the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum in Kansas City in a couple of weeks. And we're trying to make sure that they're ready for that, that they have enough money for that. Um, It's gonna be a hundred kids and parents, which is tremendous. Um, We're helping these kids get an opportunity of a lifetime. And if you wanna support uh, Summer of 54, you can come to Haymarket on Tuesday, July 13th, starting at five o'clock. You can buy a ticket on Haymarket's talk, or you can check out my Twitter feed at Curly Fro, Jay's Twitter feed at Major League. Um, We will be posting the links there. We're also having a tapping party for the Northsiders um, on Thursday, July 15th at Nisei Lounge, Cubs fans. We expect to see you there Um, come through We are donating a dollar from every pint of beer sold to these babies. We are also donating our tips from Tuesday night to the kids. Um, So come out, give us money and we'll give it to the kids. Um, Other ways to support that don't, necessarily affect us directly find a little league in your neighborhood find an after-school program in your neighborhood and in a neighborhood that you don't live in where kids could benefit from it like one of the big things is community in as baseball fans as baseball writers we have established our own community and we should take care of our own so if there are youth in your area who need help help them don't give it to us help them Equipment. They need equipment. We're in a pandemic and kids can no longer share things. Do whatever you can in your own hood. If you need extra tips, holler at me. If you tweet me that you need somewhere to donate your money, I will find you a place. I promise you.
0: Awesome. Uh, We will put all of those links in the show notes. So it will be very easy to get your ticket. Just click on the show notes and you will be able to find it. I will also tweet them out from the at Cup of Cubby Blue account. I'll also tweet them out from my own account. You can find me at, at BCB underscore Sarah. And I know Shakia just gave us both her Twitter handle and Jay's Twitter handle, but just one more time in case people didn't jot it down, Shakia, where can people find you and your work?
1: I am at Curly Fro on Twitter and at a little bit of dope on Instagram. Uh, follow me on both. On Instagram, I 100% follow you back because I'm tired of looking at the same people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then, Jay, where can people find you and your work?
2: Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Major League, M A J A L E E G. I also have a dedicated brewing Instagram at Black Beer Baron. That is the name of the company and that's the name of the brand. So check me out. Check us out.
0: Awesome. Uh, check out both Shakia and Jay. You will not regret it. I promise. We will be back next time when Andy is back home and recording with more cubs news updates and banter hopefully we will have some good news and when you're checking out the all-star game this weekend be sure you're also checking out ways to make a difference in your hood ways to support baseball across the city in chicago and go cubs